And this is going to be a theory, a Christmas theory. You're trying to workshop other YouTubers' like intros, right? Santa's workshop. Nice. Nicely done. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Cinefanatics Podcast. My name is Chris Adams. And I'm Robert Adams. And today we're going to be talking about some holiday movies. Or are we? Hmm. We're wanting to discuss what constitutes a Christmas movie. What makes a movie a Christmas movie? Yeah. What, what do we... What do we take in that is of the holiday spirit? And what do we take in that is not of the holiday spirit? I, I, I'm, I'm waxing so positive. That. Poetic? Poetic. I'm waxing poetic. I'm, I'm just waxing. Uh, also, uh, for, the, inside of my ears? for those that may not understand, like the big words we're using on this, <laughs> a.k.a. We don't either. <laughs> a.k.a. the diehard argument. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here's, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I want to specifically say this outright up front. We're not actually having the diehard argument. We're not going to be forcing down anyone's throat as to why we believe Die Hard is or isn't a Christmas and movie. And that the people who believe it is a Christmas movie are cotton-headed ninny-muggins. That is seen. Yes, that is seen on the camera. <laughs> Okay, um, <laughs> such a weird thing. Um, I want to uh, like this episode of the podcast was more about let's let's bring up some thoughts, some ideas, just in general as to what constitutes a Christmas movie. Not specifically Die Hard, but there's other Christmas movies or not Christmas movies that may or may or may not fall within the confines of this. Potentially holiday themed movies. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of what I wanted to discuss with this. Um, and real quick, the other thing about the the specific diehard argument, though, that's kind of fun with like addressing this on a podcast, is that typically when you have an argument with like say two people, they're both trying to convince the other person to their point of view, no, their not. idea. <laughs> and yeah, typically they're not. Like if I'm talking to someone trying to convince them why Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. While I'm talking to that person, they're in their heads already thinking about their argument of how to convince me that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And the problem with that is that's not how you argue or debate properly. Mm -hmm. You should be listening to the other person, understanding their viewpoint, and then you can bring up your viewpoint to, for hopefully them to be listening and understanding your viewpoint. That's the way it should go, but most of the time that's not what actually happens. The fun thing in a podcast is there's no other person here. Like We can say like opinions or thoughts or ideas. And you just have to take it. <laughs> <laughs> or you could click off the video, but you're not going to because you're going to be interested in this because, uh, spoiler alert, this conversation may not go the way that you think it's going to go, especially if you're already aware of our opinions of Die Hard as a Christmas movie. You also so. don't want to click off the video because you're a nice, kind-hearted person that likes to support smaller YouTube channels or podcast channels, whatever platform you're taking this content in you want to support them and you're you don't want to be a horrible person and just ruin their analytics by clicking away <laughs> however many minutes into it that we are currently yeah so uh please bless us with the gift of watching the full episode and then formulating an opinion 
anything you want to discuss, if you're on the video side of it, you're free to put that in the comments down below on YouTube. Audio, you're going to have to come over to YouTube and comment down below. Or just tag us on Twitter or whatever, at CineFanaticsMLP. What are people doing on, on, uh, on, on social media nowadays? Uh, they're jumping ship and going to another social media app. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what this podcast is for. Oy. Anyways, what makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie? <laughs> well, if it has Christmas in the title, it's, it's absolutely a Christmas. a Christmas movie. Absolutely. <laughs> if it is it though, is is there any? Can you think of any movie that has Christmas in the title that actually isn't a Christmas movie? Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. None whatsoever. Yeah, because even if like they put Christmas in the title, ironically, and the whole thing took place in like mid-May, mm-hmm. people would probably still watch it at Christmas because it's got Christmas in the title. Well, depending on what's actually happening in the movie. I mean, no. I mean, I'm thinking of like if you have a movie that's shot like in like the deserts of Arizona, like the Sonora Desert area in July and the movie is called Christmas. It's just the word Christmas, but there's absolutely nothing Christmas related to it. Would people still argue that that's a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes, yes they would. <laughs> Why? Because Christmas is in the title. Christmas is in the title. It has nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> there's nothing related to Christmas within the confines of that movie. But isn't that not how a lot of these situations are? Movies that sometimes don't have anything to do with Christmas other than one small aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that sounds great for audio. Excuse me. <clears throat> this is why we have water on set. I'm so zooming in on your face with the edit on that. Pinky out. Oh, of course. God, what are you slurping it over there? <clears throat> Trying. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, there's one little aspect of the movie that has some kind of Christmas orientation about it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that is what determines it being a Christmas movie. Namely, most of these movies that people argue that are Christmas movies that we may pose an argument that aren't, die hard, is that the movie takes place during Christmas. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it is a Christmas movie. It should be watched at Christmas. It should be enjoyed at Christmas. That's it. Final. So... That brings up probably like the first and foremost, like any anything having to do with with people saying that's a Christmas movie, ninety nine point nine 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 whatever percent of the time, it's because the movie takes place during Christmas. Whether Christmas has any effect on the actual story of the movie or not, yeah, it takes place during Christmas, and like I know a bunch of movies that were that are like that. Um, I'm trying to think. There was uh, some actual, like, really cherished holiday classics actually fall under this under well, this blanket. Before we get into those, I'm trying to think of the movies that are not holiday movies at all that happen to take place during Christmas. Uh, the recent uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. It, yeah, it, it, it takes place between Halloween and Christmas. There are aspects of Halloween and Christmas in that movie. It's not. In general, it's not a Halloween movie. It's not a Christmas movie. I have heard already, because it's been like not even not even a year, almost a year that mm-hmm. since that movie has come out. But I've already heard some people going, "Yep, it takes place." There's a part of this movie that takes place at Christmas. That whole movie's a Christmas movie. 
And is I think it's part like, of it that takes place during Halloween. Does that actually mean the whole movie is actually a Halloween movie? No. Um, and that's that's why I feel like like there's the confusion with uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. in that it is primarily based in a town called Halloween Town, but the storyline of the movie is that Jack Skellington is introducing the thoughts, the feelings of Christmas into mm. a Halloween Town. So which one is it? And Where do you land on that one? That one, I I will. I feel like I agree with what I see most people call it as an in betweener movie. I actually know exactly where I land on that one. What? It's a Christmas movie. I, I I'm it, okay. It is actually a Christmas movie first. I think I'm okay with that. Example. So let me let me break this down real quick uh-huh. because and we'll we'll I'm gonna bring up a point here that we'll actually probably circle back to by the end of this. Yeah. And that is what are the one? Well, okay. So one. Do you have Christmas horror movies? Yes. Do you have Christmas movies that have creepy elements to them? Yes. Scary elements to them? Yes. Okay. Nightmare Before Christmas has the creepy elements to it. Mm-hmm. However, the main character learns a lesson, goes through a situation, partakes in the spirit of Christmas by the end of the movie. Yeah. And so that's a point we're going to circle back to later, so hang tight. Yeah, uh, as far as, like, uh, say, if you want to talk about specifically, like, the Christmas horror movies real quick, because I know there's not too I much. don't. I know. I know you don't ever want to talk about horror At movies. At all. Uh, but I will also use this as a nice time for a plug for our newest episode of The Marquee coming up, I believe, this Friday. Uh, we're going to be tier-ranking Christmas horror movies, so that should be interesting. Make sure you check that out on Friday. That's going to be, what, 7.30 Pacific, 10.30 Eastern? I will not be present. No. But I'm sure it's going to be a good time. It is going to be fun because there's a lot of really good Christmas horror movies. But I bring those up not only to uh, shill our own stuff, our own content, but also also, uh, the thing with those is I've watched those movies outside of Christmas. There's a couple of them. Like I know we're uh, going to talk about one, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse. It's a Christmas horror musical. Uh, that one I just watched for the first time last Christmas, around Christmas time, and I I want to watch it again, but I was holding off till Christmas time to watch it again because that one I do feel a lot more of whatever Christmas spirit is in that movie. I do feel it necessary to watch it more on Christmas, but like yeah. other movies like Silent Night, Deadly Night, I could watch those any time of the year. I don't have to watch that at Christmas because right. I don't feel like the Christmas spirit is heavy in that movie. I think it's more of just a straight-up slasher of a guy just yeah. dressed up as Santa. It doesn't actually really matter. Just like you don't have to watch Happy Death Day to you on your birthday. No, you don't. A little I mean, stretch. That's a bit of a, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's it for Christmas horror movies. I think it really depends on that horror movie, uh, whether or not you watch it during Christmas or so, not. But. Nightmare Before Christmas, I argue, is a Christmas movie. And I, I would be okay with that. I, I, I foresee that the best time to watch that is sometime between Halloween and Christmas. And, that's, and that's true. The point of that one is that October 31st through December, I guess 31st, if you want to do that. <clears throat> Technically, it's still the Christmas season. Depends on how you celebrate the Christmas through, season. Through yeah. New Year's. But um, any time in there is usually a perfect time to throw that movie on. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that. On the other end of the spectrum, though, let's bring up the main one here. Yeah. Die Hard. Well, that one or another one? There's another main one? 
Well, no, I was I was thinking you were going to bring up like another movie that people consider a Christmas holiday classic that really isn't. Like I mean, Die Hard. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to talk about It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, no, no not yet. Okay. No. Sit on that one. Yeah. That one's going to be a fun like little conversation. Y'all hang out on that one. No, I, there's there's a couple movies that fall under this bucket and we'll touch on those. Okay. So yeah, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that this is the the crux of the argument. This is the movie that brings up the argument every year for people, and you see this go online all the time. We're starting to see the argument change a little bit online on this, and I'm okay with it. It's changing more too. I just don't want to hear about this anymore. True, it, and that's true. Great time to do this podcast episode. It's a, yeah, that's why it's a perfect <laughs> time for us to be doing this podcast right now. Uh, Die Hard is a movie. Well, here let me. Let me do it this way. Let me paint you a picture of a completely different movie, actually. Different movie. Quotes. Uh, The movie starts out, this movie that I'm going to do the plot for, it starts out with a man who is hopping on a plane, and he's flying cross-country to go see his ex-wife on her birthday. I'm intrigued by the plot of this movie already. Already. Oh, this man! Please, please, please tell me he oh, he, enjoy, he enjoys making knuckles on the carpet with his bare feet once he lands. Yeah, I bet you he does. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, he's also he's also a cop. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, so it's a police officer, cop, hopping hopping on a plane to go see his ex wife on her birthday. Does he have jurisdiction on the other side of the country? <sighs> Probably not. Oh, okay. I'm sure he wants to win her back. I'm sure that's that's a whole thing for him. Um, he wants to go out there. He wants to have a few laughs, have a good time. You know, all that kind of stuff. And so he hops on this Nicely plane. Done. He he hops on a plane and he's going to go meet his wife on her birthday. Turns out that's around the same time that the company that she works for has celebrating a major acquisition in the company and they wanted to have an, a big office bash, a oh, big party for as it. As you would. And it's it's such a it's such a major acquisition. They're all excited about it. However, there are some people out there that aren't as excited about this acquisition and they want to come in and they want to Enforce their will upon this company. Enforce their will over this whole building. Let's say this building is the Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> hey, that's the building Poops in Die Hard. Wait, what? That's the building in Die Hard. Yeah, it turns out. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know that building is full of like uh, like insured bearer bonds, right? Yeah, I guess that's what they're after. Oh, that would be a really good time to do that when everyone else is busy getting drunk. Yeah, having a great office party, <laughs> celebrating a major acquisition. Probably some inner uh, office... Uh, hey, you know, we don't <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> well, don't see, don't tell. Um, Something like that. But anyway... Okay. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, so this is all going down. Right at the same time, this, this, uh, this gentleman arrives, and he's hanging out at the party with his ex-wife. And turns out he was there at the right time. Oh, he can save the day. And he does. Yay. Hooray. Bad guys are beaten. They're thrown out the window or whatever. And everyone's happy. Cool. Sounds like an awesome action movie to me. It does. I bet you there's a lot of like crazy stuff where the one lone cop is just hanging out and doing some crazy action stuff throughout this entire building trying to play like a cat and mouse game with with these bad guys and stay alive and take them on and all that and if you can make him barefoot where he's like walking on glass like throughout the whole movie painful oh man but you know what what kind of a level of like action and like engagement you would get from your audience if you did something like that that would be bonkers yeah and you know what i bet this movie ends the exact same way as die hard oh probably do you know why because it's the exact same movie as die hard 
Well, Only it's missing one element. Yeah, you forgot that you need to include the father from Family Matters in there. He is in there. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah, it sounds just like Die Hard. Yeah. And it is, except for the one element, which is the Christmas element. The setting of the year is Christmas, which didn't really make sense to begin with because the movie came out in the summer. Yeah. Not the fictional one that I'm describing. I'm talking about the real one. The real movie came out during the summer. So... But wait, Chris, in Die Hard, wasn't there a part where uh, he takes a bad guy and ties him to a chair or whatever and has written on his sweatshirt, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun? How is that supposed to exist in this movie if it wasn't a Christmas movie? Well, why do I sound like Jerry Seinfeld all of a sudden? How, what makes this a Christmas movie? <laughs> that was not Jerry that Seinfeld. That was not Jerry Seinfeld. That was me trying. To, like, uh, whatever. Anyways, answer the question, sir. <laughs> Uh, basically, the answer to your question is that specific phrase on his uh, on his sweater there. Yeah, wouldn't exist. It would be another pun of some sort. Oh, okay. Well, that would make sense. Tur- then. Turns out they would write it a little bit different because it wouldn't make sense to say anything Christmas related if it's not taking place during Christmas. Ah, that's a good point. And if you're hinging your entire argument that the movie is a Christmas off of one pun on a sweater. That doesn't make for a very strong argument. That's not a strong argument. Again, going back to what I said at the beginning, when you're having an argument or a debate, you need to make these points logical and make sense. If this was, yeah. if this, if you take every conversation, every argument that you would have about Die Hard, to like an official like, I don't know. Let's let's use a high school debate because I feel like most everyone is understanding of like the setups from debate class whether you took debate or not you've probably seen like a lot of movies and stuff you have the idea that debates generally are something where like in the very beginning you have like a minute your thesis statement basically what do you believe and then the next person has a minute to say what they believe and then each one goes back and forth they take some time to elaborate on their points yep and if that's your only thing that you're using to try to elaborate on, I don't know. You can't elaborate on, he just wrote a a thing that says, ho, ho, ho. That's it. It's just those three words, ho, 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 because that's what Santa Claus says. It, that's it? That's you, that's your only point? You know what? I'll even take this a step further. Let's make this a tie-in joke to something he just says earlier in the movie. He just says, hey, guys, I'm going to act like Santa Claus for you guys today. I'm going to be bringing some some gifts bearing your death or whatever. Some kind of like pow, 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 what all this. Yeah. And then he has the ho, ho, I've got a shotgun trying to tie back into this innocuous phrase that he made earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And this movie can still not take place at Christmas. He's just acting like a goof because he's just, he, he's that hardcore. He can just play with the emotions of the bad guys like that. Yeah, so it's not needed. Yeah, so basically the point of that is that's not a very strong point or argument. I mean, that's not something that everyone factually can understand. You can uh, you can poke a hole in this, like you said. That could be a completely different pun and still get yep. the same exact point across. Yep. It doesn't have to be those sets of words. And just because it is that those sets of words doesn't flat out make the entire movie a Christmas movie. Now, the issue we're going to run into is now that means we're toying with someone's nostalgia bone. Sure, and that's a that's getting closer to what I feel like I want to put in the... <laughs> and that thing is, is they're looking at that situation and going, yeah, but I love that moment in the movie, and now you're trying to take it away from me. No, we're not trying to take anything away from you. Just keep in mind, Die Hard exists as it exists. Mm-hmm. It is the movie it is. But what I'm posing, what I'm proposing here, is that that movie 
can exist without the Christmas element and it still be the exact same movie. Yeah. Now, someone's argument to that would be, but it does have Christmas in it. It does take place during Christmas. You can you can propose this all you want, but the fact of the matter is, is that movie does have Christmas in it. Therefore, it is a Christmas movie. To which my answer was, no, did you not listen? I just explained to you that every element of the movie can exist sans Christmas. Therefore, Christmas is not an important aspect of that movie at all. So my rationale for this, the, what, I, what I am comparing it to is Die Hard. Mm-hmm. There's a small part of Die Hard that involves Christmas, but Christmas is not embedded throughout the entire movie. Let's take, for example, my favorite movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Those of y'all who have seen The Shawshank Redemption, you know there's a part in this movie where Andy Dufresne gets a bunch of books and records from the government. And at one point, while he's sorting all this out, he takes one of the records of a couple of opera singers singing, and he plays it over the PA for everyone in the, the Shawshank prison to hear. So there's a part of this movie, just a part of this movie, that involves music being played. Mm-hmm. Does that make this movie a musical? No. Now, granted, my comparison here, I'm, I'm talking about some like little plot point, something that happens for like maybe five minutes in the movie, compared to a movie that takes place during Christmas. Talking about like I, a plot and, point versus a setting. Yeah, basically. And I, I understand the argument on that. But the thing is, is what I'm trying to point out is it's something small that doesn't have like a huge effect on the entire plot of the movie. Kind yeah. of like what you were just saying. Yes. The entire plot still happens without it being Christmas. Therefore, that doesn't necessarily mean that the entire movie is a musical. Which, this is why I would argue that the setting of Christmas and Die Hard is just a plot device. It's not... It's not anything to be leaned on. It's something mm-hmm. It's something that exists purely as the excuse used to make the action in the movie happen. But that's why I just described an entire plot of a Die Hard Sans Christmas to just say, I came up with a different excuse for the action to happen, and the action plays out the exact same way. Yeah. So this isn't a movie that leans on or requires Christmas to happen. It just needs something as an excuse to be able to make the events in the movie happen. They just the writers just happen to go with Christmas. Okay, so what would be potentially like some other like movies like kind of like just rattling through other movies that are generally considered Christmas movies? Yeah, are they actually Christmas movies? So we have a couple that kind of fall under this bucket. The one there's there's two of them. Honestly, it's a whole series really that I'd like to bring up. Um, we've talked about this before. the uh, The Home Alone series. Mm-hmm. These events are, these movies are very similar to Die Hard in that Christmas yeah. is the excuse for the events The events play. happen. There is a slight difference in here where I would actually maybe argue more the second one is more of a Christmas movie than the first one. Mm-hmm. Although, well, you, you could argue, I could see an argument actually being for both on this case. I was say, like, like, first let's set this up that I feel like both of us completely 100% agree that the Home Alone movies are Christmas movies. Yeah. At this point, we're just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the idea of the Home Alone movies, uh, it gets left home alone. Obviously, it's why it's called Home Alone. <laughs> That's a great title. I know. He gets left home alone. Uh, Kevin McAllister, little jerk, hates his family, this, that, and the other. Um, they leave him. They go on vacation. 
obviously, first movie, reason for vacation, Christmas vacation. Where are we going? Somewhere... Florida. Florida. Tropical... No, not tropical, but somewhere nice and bright and sunny and yeah, warm. Yeah, because and... Kevin's complaining about having to decorate a palm tree. Yeah, literally the exact opposite of what we determined to be the Christmas season here in America. Mm-hmm. Well, also understand they're coming from, I believe they're Chicago. Yeah. So Chicago is one of those places that when they have Christmas, they have Christmas. Yeah, they got they snow, get, everything. Ice. Snow. What is that? We don't know here in Austin, but the one yeah. time in t- t- 2021. Um, that, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, they're trying to get away from snow. They're trying to get away from cold. It's That's it. The excuse is we're actually trying to get away from Christmas, mm-hmm. so to speak. And they leave him behind. No aspect of this movie. I mean, at that point, there's really nothing else that has any kind of bearing on Christmas other than, you know, there's Christmas music used. And I would argue that uh, by the end of the movie, Kevin learns a lesson that is could be tied back into the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, he could still learn this same kind of lesson without their eating even need to be a Christmas influence at all. So if like in this case, if you wipe away the Christmas elements, let's say the family just, yeah, the family just went out on a vacation during the summer. Anyways, they still went to Florida. Don't know why. Yeah. Still perfectly fine. Probably could have gone to Ohio at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They just, they go on vacation. They leave Kevin behind. And while Kevin is left home alone, the wet bandits still come in and try to rob the house. Yeah. Now, the granted, the the plot line for Home Alone is the wet bandits are actively robbing houses because all the houses, everyone on this block, for some weird reason, has decided to go on a Christmas vacation. Convenient. No one in that block of big-ass houses is actually using their big-ass house for Christmas family get-togethers. Can we just mention real quickly (laughs) that Home Alone requires you to suspend a lot of disbelief. sure. There's a ton of disbelief suspension for those movies. And I don't care. I love them. Yeah, but, I mean, so that's that's probably, like, the main thing that causes the plot to move forward is everyone has left on a Christmas vacation of some sort, leaving their homes vulnerable to being attacked by Harry and Marv. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely the the point, the reasoning for this movie to exist is Christmas. Yeah. Very much so. But we only really see them robbing two houses the entire movie. One yeah. across the street and then the McAllister's house. And they talk about others. Like, there's one scene where uh, Harry is talking about, like, how he's visited all these houses dressed as the cop disguise, mm-hmm. and he's figured out all the timing for the automatic lights. He's like, 1432 will go on now. 1433 now. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, at that point, you can just determine, all right, we visited all these houses. Turns out only two of them are going on vacation, so those are the two houses we're going to hit uh, up. Possibly, yes. Um, it, it just one of those suspend disbelief situations where, coincidentally, two of the houses on that street are going on vacation. So. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe one of those houses is actually the house of Old Man Marley. And um, he's he didn't go anywhere. I in don't fact, think so. he's he's. In fact, his family is coming in the next day because the movie ends with him greeting his, talking to his son again because he has that whole subplot of, like, having a fight with his son. I don't remember them specifically talking about robbing his house. 
Um, I don't know if they've even they even brought that up at all. But I'm wondering, like, is, is it, his house is on the street, obviously. Yeah, but is it like his house that they're at when they hang Kevin from the like pantry door and old man Marley smacks Harry and Marv with the snow shovel? It's either his house or or, or he just happens to know that he, they're in there, or he wandered across to yeah. Kevin's house. Okay, either way. Uh, why are you bringing up plot points that specific? Who cares? <laughs> I don't know. We know a lot about movies, and we need to tell you. Uh, so, yeah, everything about these movies, and or let, let's start with the first one. Everything about this movie kind of can exist without Christmas. Even the lesson, honestly, even the lesson he learns at the end, he would learn that lesson regardless of the Christmas spirit being involved. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the fact of the matter is, is that lesson he learns can be tied into a Christmas spirit type thing. Family. We love family. We want to be with family. I miss my family. I think for how the story goes, it works better with it being tied into Christmas. It's a right. lot more meaningful. Audiences right. will take it to heart a lot more because Christmas is the tying factor to everything. I just want to poke a hole in it. Oh, yeah. You don't need Christmas in Home Alone. Home Alone 2, they go to New York. Or Kevin's in New York anyway. Uh, you see the Rockefeller tree. Which is the big point at the end. Yeah, it's kind of an iconic image. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, where else would he go to feel the feelings he's feeling at the end of the movie if not in front of a giant icon of Christmas? Yeah. And in which case, in that one, uh, bringing back the wet bandits, now the sticky bandits, according to Marv, uh, that they're robbing a toy, store a toy store during Christmas because yeah, a toy store is going to be making buku bucks during the holidays, and it would make sense to hit them. Harder to argue that one not being a Christmas movie. It is because not only is it not only is the setting Christmas, but the plot of that one. I don't know if I can figure out a way to make the plot of that one be the exact same as it is without it without Christmas being involved. You would have to start changing you, something you, major. Yeah, you would have to change it from them hitting a toy store. To yeah, something in which else. case that doesn't work because yeah. the whole point is that they are hitting a toy store. Any other retail store that they would hit? We're hitting a Best Buy in the middle of July. No, why? Why would you hit it? And like, no. If anything else, you would hit another retail store when they're making a lot of money. Black Friday. Guess what? Black Friday is in celebration oh. of Christmas. <laughs> well, it's, so it's still tied to Christmas in some form. It's in celebration of commercialism. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's in the direction of heading towards Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> we're on we're on the road to Christmas. So yeah, it doesn't make sense if they're going to hit a retail store and rob a retail store. It makes sense for it to be a toy store during Christmas. Yeah. So it's harder to argue that that one isn't a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And yet, for some reason, the Home Alone movies, I would have no problem watching them any other time of the year. Even though they heavily have Christmas values, I still tend to only watch them during Christmas. Yeah. But if someone was like, hey, come on over, we're going to put on a movie, and I come over and they threw on Home Alone, I'd be like, all right, sure. Yeah, but if this is like in July? Yeah, I'd be like, all right, sure. That's just weird. Uh, you know, just to prevent a long discussion that nobody wants to have, I'd be like, all right, cool. I guess we're just watching Home Alone. It's fun. Yeah. Um, what other movies? So another one that we consider a classic, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to make sure we tie this one back in at the end as well, is It's a Wonderful Life. You brought that up. Yeah. I got to touch on that one. We'll just spill it on this one. The only time that Christmas happens in that movie is at the very end. Yeah. The Christmas tree in their living room. That's it. 
So basically the whole plot of this movie is that George is taking his his store or whatever his money to the bank. It's not a store. It's uh, I forgot what it is. Yeah. Anyways, the money from his business, he's taken it to a bank. He misplaces the money. Uh, someone else picks it up, pockets, whatever. He misplaces the money, and it's going to cause his business to go out of business. He's super depressed. He's lost all hope uh, as the timing is venturing into the holiday season. Mm-hmm. He goes out to a bridge with those really negative depression feelings, and he's thinking of just ending it at all. And Angel Clarence comes down and sh- basically does the whole Christmas Carol type of thing, showing him his life and what his life is or isn't, depending on what happens. And he ends up like being a changed man because an angel has shown him Which the error of his thoughts and feelings. Is actually funny. Side note to think about that that doesn't happen until like the last twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, like the 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 most iconic part of the movie is just the last twenty minutes. The entire rest of the movie is leading up to that point. Mm-hmm. Which absolutely insane. I thought like the bulk of the movie was him looking at his life. No, no. If you go back and watch it, it's literally just the last part of the movie. Yeah. And so, spoilers, sorry if you guys haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life. It's been out since, what, the 40s? Yeah. So, he's a changed man after seeing all these visions. Yeah. He comes back home. There's the big Christmas tree. All his friends and family have saved the day. He's a grateful person. He's got his, he's holding his kids. And he's like, Merry Christmas, everyone, because it happens to be Christmas. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Yeah. So the thing with this, and I know a lot of people are like, well, but it involves an angel. Angels are not holy belonging to Christmas. Angels holy. are not holy. They are holy. I mean, holy as in with a W. <laughs> W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, I think is how you spell They're it. They're a what concept that? that can exist beyond the Christmas holiday season. Yes. Uh yeah, I was like, if you're getting to like talking about like religious stuff, like angel, talking, angels exist in general, especially anyways. when you're talking about like guardian angels and this that. And that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an idea that can exist outside of the Christmas. They don't just pop up during Christmas, going, "All right, so it's all, Christmas time, here I am." Yeah, all you bastards throughout this whole year, <laughs> I'm here to save you now. <laughs> Y'all been messing things up for an entire like year. Time for me to sort this crap out. Jingle jangle, time to get holly jolly, mother effers. <laughs> so. Like, yeah, just because there's an angel doesn't make it Christmas. And just because it happens to take place at the very end of the movie when he's, like, basically, like, revived his opinion, his personality, everything's changed. What seems like it could be the Christmas spirit, even though it doesn't have anything to do with Christmas? What's weird about this is I actually am of the mindset that I consider that a Christmas movie. So here's the thing. You could just have him come back from that experience. It's not Christmas. And he just has learned his lesson. And he, again, like I said for Home Alone, he just learns his lesson and and has the spirit of whatever lesson he needed to learn. Everyone in the town who chipped in to save his business still could have done that. Now, granted, I understand the argument that, like, Christmas time is the spirit of giving. Sure. There may be an argument in that maybe these town folk are more lenient. They're more willing to give and save him because also, of it being Christmas. They also like invested their money and stuff. They don't want to lose their money on Christmas and all this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, there's that whole aspect too. But 
you could still remove Christmas from that and the movie would still pretty much play out exactly the same. Yeah. However, I would argue despite that fact, despite the fact that you could remove Christmas from it and it still play out the exact same, that is a Christmas movie. It is. You don't touch that mess. And why do we consider that a Christmas movie? Because culturally speaking, it has been a holiday staple. It's been a Christmas staple for so long that it's ingrained in our culture that this is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, no matter how you frame it, no matter what you talk about, this is a Christmas movie. If you touch that, if you try to tell us that It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie, you are wrong. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, and that's one I feel like, like I'm, I'm actually surprised I don't see more of an argument about that every year than we do with Die Hard. Like, Die Hard is the go-to every well, single year. But it's like what I said. It's so ingrained in culture you that just, it is a Christmas movie that no one dares touch it. And, yeah, and that's what's weird about that. Like, Die Hard, Die Hard's a culturally, like, aesthetic. I don't know if it's actually been, like, recognized by the Library of Congress as being culturally aesthetic to... Aesthetic? Important? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the Library of Congress has done that. I'm pretty sure they have with uh, It's a Wonderful Life, but they're not classifying it necessarily as a Christmas movie. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the point, is It's a Wonderful Life is a lot more meaningful to people than Die Hard is. Yeah. Which I feel like, no matter what no matter what your opinion, whether Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not, you at least agree on that. <laughs> I mean, you have to. Uh, because if you don't, the rest of the, the world does, and you're just left behind. Yeah. Um. That, that's just it. It's, it's just considered a holiday classic at this point. Mm-hmm. So we watch it during Christmas. It, it is a Christmas movie, despite the fact that the movie could exist sans Christmas and it still be the same exact movie. I argue that the movie is a classic because of the Christmas aspects of the movie and how it does tie everything back into that Christmas spirit, which is, I think, what you classify a Christmas movie under. Does it have the Christmas spirit attached to it? Yeah. So uh, before we dive into like ones that are blatant examples of that, uh, the other one that I usually like to point out is Rent. Right. The musical. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rent. Anyone who's been following me or this channel for a while, I've probably talked about Rent multiple times, especially like uh, within the past year since uh, Tick, Tick, Boom came out. He spends 525,600 minutes talking about Rent. you damn right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I love Rent, but the movie of Rent, the story of Rent, not just the movie because the, the Broadway show does this as well. Yeah. It starts on Christmas Eve. And it ends on Christmas Eve the next year. Wow. It only, oh, oh, next the year. The bulk of the movie takes place <laughs> in the time between the two Christmases. In two hours. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it takes place over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. There is There are elements throughout the entire movie of Christmas being in there. Uh, at one point, they're singing a song, and in the middle of the song, the, the tune of the song cha- and the lyrics change to the singing a bit of a, in that little town of Bethlehem, whatever. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Yeah. It changes to that. So there's definitely elements of Christmas being involved during yeah. this movie, during the time period. I point out, though, that 
this movie really isn't a Christmas movie, despite that. These like a lot of the feelings of this movie. It deals with like uh, being creative and getting stuck in a rut. It deals with love in general, whether it's love for your friends, your family, your neighbor. Uh, especially at this time, this was taking place at the early '90s, mm-hmm. where there was a lot of focus on uh, like gay, lesbian love. Mm-hmm. Um, it was unfortunately also tied into the AIDS epidemic at the time, which still at that time a lot of it was focused on like you get AIDS if you're gay. Yeah. And uh, luckily, we know it now that it's not like That's... that. But I mean, that was a big focus of the movie of yeah. like some of the plots during it. And it's not so much Christmas in that there's an overall, because it's all about love, that is inherently shared by the Christmas season. Like, you don't have Christmas season without love, except for that time when you're sitting at the table with the family and they're all discussing politics. Aside from that. (laughs) And the certain aspects of Rent that he just brought up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, These are, no, these are experience. they have experiences in that movie that are are year-long experiences, which is why the movie takes place over the course of an entire year. But that being said, for some reason, even though I don't fully consider it a Christmas movie, I am more inclined to watch it during the Christmas season. And it's not because of it taking place during Christmas. It's because of, like I said, that movie's overarching meaning of love. I feel like the warmth that comes from that kind of emotion, the feelings that they, that they, they drive forward in that movie, in that story... I feel like it feels it hits better around that time of year. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's not a Christmas movie per se, but I will watch it primarily during Christmas. And what's funny, just mm. kind of like I said, I now watch this hand-in-hand hand with Tick, Tick, Boom. Tick, Tick, Boom is definitely not a Christmas movie. I don't think there's any Christmas elements in Tick, Tick, Boom at all. Maybe, I think at, the, at one point they showed the Moondance Diner with like maybe some tinsel or stuff on it. Maybe I it's, feel like they passed through it at some point. Yeah, at some point I think they might have like some Christmas decorations up. It, it but, is during like the colder season, but so. it's very brief. It's yeah. like b- for the briefest of moments, I believe, and then they just move on. Yeah. Um. So what you bring up there is that while you could c- classify Rent as not a Christmas movie, to you, you still watch it during Christmas, which I think brings up the whole other aspect of this argument, which is, hey, you know what? I don't like you guys, what you're saying there. I watch Die Hard at Christmas. Deal with that. And to which we would respond, cool. Yeah, that works. Go for it. (laughs) You know why? Because a Christmas movie to you is a Christmas movie to you. Um, I, for me, Die Hard doesn't have to be viewed at Christmas. I could watch it during any time of year. Same. I mean, it came out in the summer. I'm going to reiterate that. Technically, so did Miracle on 34th Street, but let's move on from that. Um, Wait, really? Miracle on 34th Street came out in the summer? Yes. Wait, really? Yes. I feel like I knew this, but now it's like hitting me. Like, yeah, that's weird. And that movie is all about Christmas. Yeah, it's about Santa Claus. Yeah. Can't can't get around that one. No, the lead <laughs> character is Chris Kringle. It, it could have been the Easter Bunny, man. Uh, did no. both of the Miracle on 34th Streets come out in the summer? Or are you talking about just the original or I believe the it's remake? Just the, I believe it's just the original. Interesting. Anyway. Um, so, that's the thing. You have... You, you know, that's the thing. What's the thing? I don't know what's the thing. Oh, yeah, now I remember. <laughs> Callback. Uh, but, yeah, you have you have these, these movies that we would argue aren't a Christmas movie. Die Hard, not a Christmas movie. But so many people... 
have so many like memories built into watching Die Hard with family, with friends during the holiday season. They they themselves just enjoy watching Die Hard around the Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there is a Christmas spirit attached to that movie. Not one present in the writing, not one present in the design of the movie itself. But in the audience. But in the audience's interpretation of it and the audience's valuation of the movie. It is now, to them, a Christmas movie because they put that value on it. Yeah. So I think as far as the movie itself, what is contained within the movie, what makes it a Christmas movie, by my definition of it, uh, I would say what constitutes a Christmas movie is if the movie itself embodies the Christmas spirit, the changes that, like, say, your protagonist goes through. The changes by the end of the movie, they are a changed person from how they were at the beginning like, because of Christmas. Like How the Grinch Stole Christmas. How the Grinch Stole Christmas is the best example of this in that we we actually see his heart grows three sizes bigger because... He all of a sudden gets it. He understands how Christmas works. It's he a, gets the feelings, the emotions, the love. It's a visual metaphor for the Christmas spirit. Exactly. The change in that character is caused but directly, 100%, because of Christmas happening. The change in Die Hard. He drops Hans out the window. That's not because Christmas existed. <laughs> he didn't. Oh, I'm wondering what you're laughing at now. <laughs> There's Just the thought of it. Yeah. There's nothing. He didn't sit there and go Merry like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Santa has reindeer for this reason. Splat. <laughs> uh, this doesn't. The ending to it doesn't matter if Christmas exists at that time. He didn't all of a sudden find some sort of love for wanting to see Hans splat on the sidewalk no. below at the base of the Nakatomi and, Plaza. In fact, if anything, the, the crew that's got to clean up that mess afterwards, they're not experiencing Christmas spirit whatsoever. No. Uh, so, yeah, like, that's why I personally feel like, just for me, and probably for you, <laughs> that Die Hard does not, and you, I meant my brother, I'm not pointing to, like, you, the audience listening or watching, uh, you. <laughs> you. It means it to you, too. Pointing at the camera. We're forcing you to have this opinion. Um, it's, it's because of that that I don't personally feel like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. He doesn't go through anything Christmas-related. Not really. To change in a character or in the story at all. However, the audience. I mean, even the audience. Like, there's nothing. You don't. Nope. However, the audience. Well, okay. <laughs> in, in, in a general, let me say, in a general format, there's nothing that the audience goes through either to connect it to Christmas, generally speaking. However, now, the audience. Now, emotionally, personally speaking, to individual people watching it, that's different. As I've brought up, they have made the determination, individuals out there can make the determination that this movie means something to them during the holiday time. For whatever reason, they have intrinsic value of it brings their family together. They just enjoy watching something that has a Christmas theme to it, but is still fitting, filling their needs of something a little bit more fun and gritty and yeah, action oriented. They're not, they're not. There's, we have people out there who are not so much into the whole idea of Christmas, but they still want to watch something that's like Christmas adjacent, Christmas feeling. Mm-hmm. Die, Die Hard has elements of Christmas in it. Sure. <laughs> Nothing says Merry Christmas than the holy shit face that Hans makes as he's falling out the building. Hey, the holy what face? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, 
<laughs> so the point the point is, and what I want to drive home, is that if a movie like Die Hard to you is a Christmas movie, then to you it's a Christmas movie. Then it's a Christmas movie. Which is the exact argument that we're starting to see hit the social media waves now, which the the theming behind that is I'm just tired of having this conversation. <laughs> sure, it's a Christmas movie to you. Go for it. It's not to me, but you have fun with it. And see, that's the part of arguments I don't like when the people having that conversation, having that debate, having that argument, mm-hmm. when someone does that, that is a very passive aggressive, you know what, I'm just tired of this argument. You can have it your way. I don't care. But but you're, the point of that argument is I want you to care. I want to see something from you that tells me you understand you're validating my feelings, my opinions, my way of thinking. Yeah. That's what you want to see. And that's why I think, like, in this... Go ahead. That's why I think this is actually a twofold situation. Though. Yeah. Because it might feel passive-aggressive, but at the same time, it is still validating at the same time, if you think about it, because it is... We're talking about art. We're talking about something that's very subjective. Subjective, yeah. And so, yes, I don't want to have this conversation, but also I'm acknowledging it's a Christmas movie to you. That's fine. That affects me none whatsoever. So I would implore anyone who, if you're having this conversation with anyone else, that don't end it with like, yeah, sure, it's a Christmas movie, whatever you say, and think that that's the end of the conversation. Because that, that's kind of a cheap way out, I feel like. Like, actually, like, if you care enough just in general yeah. to have a conversation with a person, care enough to show that you uh, you understand. And, like, you know, I understand. You feel like this movie's a Christmas movie to you for your personal reasons, your subjectivity of how you judge art. You feel tied that this is a Christmas movie? Then you're 100% correct. It's a Christmas movie. I would even go as far as to use this as a as a vehicle in to have a deeper conversation with somebody, connect with somebody on Yeah. Why do you why do you feel this is a Christmas movie? Oh, well, you turn around and you find out because me and my uncle who passed away 10 years ago, yes. we always watched Die Hard at Christmas. It was one of his favorite movies. And for me, it's just it's just embodies everything that I always felt during the Christmas time. And now I watch it in his memory. See? Boom. Yeah, that's a Christmas movie. All that you got the, it. All that you said at the beginning. You nailed it. Die yeah. Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Congratulations. All that that you said at the beginning about like this other movie that sounds very similar to Die Hard but doesn't have any of the Christmas elements. Yeah. All of that is completely invalidated depending on someone's personal connection to that movie. Yep. And it's hard to argue personal connections because they're personal. <laughs> you don't understand it unless you're in my shoes or well, socks right now because I'm not wearing shoes. Uh, I'm in my home. I can do that. Uh, but yeah, like, <laughs> thank you for showing your feet. Uh, but yeah, that is absolutely 100% why. No matter what, no matter what anyone says at all. And if you find yourself getting into this argument with someone, this is what I would absolutely 100% recommend. Just take, just cut it off and go straight to the point. It's a Christmas movie to me. It, because of my own personal connections to it, it is a Christmas movie to me. What you have is people that are trying to argue in generalities, and that doesn't work with art. In any art, whether it's a painting, a TV show, a piece of music, you you have that personal connection to it. You can bring up you can bring up the argument that art can be you can be a critique of art, you can be critical with art, and you can, but you can't make the determination 
for somebody else how art should or should not affect them. Correct. Yeah. So if in this situation, Die Hard, which yes, even Die Hard is considered art. Movies are art, even action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for somebody out there who's going, is Die Hard really art though? Yes, it is. Deal with it. <laughs> um, see, that's not a subjective take. Die Hard is a movie that, yeah. Anyway. If it's a movie, it's art. That's exactly. It. Uh, if someone's saying that, you know, it affects them in a certain way, that's, that is the end of the conversation. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to, what are you going to do you with that? You can't know? argue someone's personal that. connection and emotions and feelings no. to a movie or no. to art in general. Like, no, your <clears throat> feelings are wrong for some weird reason. No, they're not. And if someone says, well, for me, Nightmare Before Christmas is uh is a halloween movie it's not a christmas movie because of this reason that reason that reason it just for me it embodies halloween for me okay it's a halloween movie for you well i mean like i'll even push it one step further if you were to tell me that you believe nightmare on elm street is a christmas movie there's no christmas in that movie at all whatsoever i gotta hear a good story for that one (laughs) well well here's the thing though you don't have to hear jack if a person tells you that they have a personal connection to that movie and it makes it because of that personal connection, it makes it a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas you, movie you start, to them. You start, you start getting into the, okay, well now we're no longer talking about a movie's genre. Now we're talking about just how you feel about the movie. Yeah. So that's, and I think that's, that's, that's what, discussion. that's what most people I feel like are, are really trying to convey whenever they're arguing whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie. But because the people that they're arguing with are not going to understand their personal connections mm-hmm. to it, they are left stuck having to argue in generalities. And you'll never win that argument because everyone is only tied to it personally. And generalities, ultimately, here's the thing, generalities come down to whether you believe it or not. Yep. I mean, y- your explanation for Die Hard without Christmas at the very beginning, completely logical. It would make sense to anyone with even like half a brain. But it's just a matter of, sure, I understand that logic. I still don't, I, I don't consider that logic. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I still feel like it's, it's a Christmas movie. That doesn't, cool. an- that doesn't answer to the fact that, again, I'm watching this every year because I remember my uncle and it was his favorite movie, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Like you can tell me that there's no Christmas elements in it, it's cool. I'm still gonna watch this during Christmas time every year. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a Christmas movie to you, let it be a Christmas movie to you. Don't let anyone yuck your yum, your and, holiday cheer, and don't yuck anyone else's. Like, but if, don't yuck anyone else's. Yeah. If if you're someone that believes that like Nightmare on Elm Street is a Christmas movie, don't go around trying to like preach to other people to get them on board with your train of thought. It's not that important of a thing to do. No, it like, really isn't. Whatever movie is a Christmas movie to you, it's a Christmas movie to you. There's, you. You want Die Hard to be a Christmas movie? It's a Christmas movie. There's so many more important things we could spend our mental energy and you know, time discussing <laughs> that could actually be beneficial and change things. You know, world hunger still exists. I mean, <laughs> trying to trying to fight... <laughs> Somebody on what they should or should not consider a Christmas movie is a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Not to say that listening to this entire episode of the podcast has been a waste of time. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this podcast, art. <laughs> well, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what the audience says. Yeah. If they consider it art. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, guys, uh, we appreciate you watching, listening, however you're taking in the content. If you are not following us on YouTube, if you're watching this video on YouTube and you haven't hit the subscribe button, it's right there. It's right there. Hop over on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's you know, it's a little little red button. You can turn it gray. Make it free. It's it's completely free, by the way. You don't have to pay anything. Boom, done. Got it. Also, while you're on the video, you can hit that like if you liked this discussion, if you liked what we were talking about. You know, even if you didn't, maybe you can still hit it anyway. You know, if you want to argue as to why Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie, after everything we just said, if you still feel the need to get that off your chest, That's there's why the a comment, comment section. section. Feel free. We will read it. We may or may not respond to it. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> we'll read it at least. If you have, if you actually do have like a personal connection, if you feel like sharing it, feel free to share oh, that yeah. down below. Hey, you know what? Let that be. Let that be the place. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube video or listening to the audio, head on over to YouTube. Use the comment section on the video on YouTube to be a place where you can share your your favorite holiday memories with your favorite holiday movie, whether it's a Christmas movie or not, or Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever, whatever movie you've got that you have great holiday movie memories over terrifier 2 merry christmas maybe not that one <laughs> maybe not that one uh share it in the comment section down below we would love to actually read your your personal stories would be that'd be a lot of fun yeah um but anyway over on the audio side give us a good rating if you like this episode again even if you didn't like the episode please give us a good rating we need we need all the support we can get and we get that support from people like yourself who listen and who watch and we really really appreciate all that support that we get yeah uh, as far as where to find us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MLP. That's where you'll find all of our random ramblings of the Cinefanatics nature. You can also find, follow me specifically at ChrisAdamsMLP on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, as well as twitch.tv slash ChrisAdamsMLP, where I'm currently streaming and having a lot of fun over there. And you can follow me, not or, and you can follow me at Robert Adams MLP on Twitter, go. Instagram, Letterbox, at youtube.com slash at Robert Adams MLP for some weird reason. He's still getting used to the fact that there's an at, at symbol. symbol, like in the web address. That's just strange. Freaking YouTube. Old man. Yeah. Can't change with the, uh, can't, can't keep up with the change in technology. Nope. 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 Can't do it. Someday. Anyways, guys, we appreciate y'all being here, watching this one, listening along, and uh, I don't have any kind of like holly jolly outro phrase here, but to, to all to all a Merry Christmas and a good... We're going to be doing more and episodes. Happy holidays or whatever it is you celebrate. We're doing more podcast episodes through December, so this isn't like the... Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. That'll come later. Yeah. Anyway. Crazy outro phrase, I guess, then. That seems to be working pretty good so far. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for watching. We'll see you all next week or on whatever else we do. Bye. Ho, ho, ho. Now we have a podcast. You just wanted to use that phrase. Mm.